0: Welcome back to another episode of You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership and teamwork on all aspects of life. In this podcast, I have a discussion with the person that got me started in podcasting, Brian Kui. Many of you know him as the medical coding geek. For the ones that don't know him, he started doing podcasts to help others in ICD, which is International Classifications of Diseases, and it just grew from there. He has taught me that a good dialogue makes a great podcast because the listeners want to hear a conversation. Additionally, you will learn that he is quite curious as he wants to know what lies beyond what he is doing. To learn more, visit our blog site, which is youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters youarejustanumber.com, all one word. I am Jim Zellum, your host and author of the book, Stepping Stones of Leadership. So let's get started hello everyone today my uh guest is brian qui and actually he's he's my mentor in podcasting he's the one that got me turned on to podcasting which i i truly enjoy so
1: welcome brian uh thank you jim for having me uh your podcast is really great i love it well thanks i appreciate that
0: so let's get started with you and say, hey, you know, since you got into podcasting, so where you came from and how you got
1: to where you are today? Uh, that's a good question that I always ask everybody on <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> where I got it from. So for, for those that, um, I, I, let me give you a backstory of, of Jim's podcast, how I, I came to fruition. Maybe I could start with that. Sure. Um, so for those that are, that are new on uh, Jim's podcast, Uh, I would, I would highly recommend you listen to my podcast, not also classified, which I'll probably uh, talk about in a bit. So him and his brother, John Zellum were on my podcast. And right after that, I mean, I've never seen anybody jump on so quick to, to doing a podcast, but uh, at the end of my podcast episode, I told Jim, boy, you, you really need a podcast. (laughs) And I tell this of everybody, uh, because if they have good content and I know you have, um, you're, you're just the number, uh, blog. And I, and I, and we immediately right afterwards, like not even like a week, maybe less than a week or a few days, we got on the zoom call and, um, I laid it out. I said, Hey, look, you have a blog. Why not just translate that into a podcast? And so I, I told him, Hey, this is the equipment you need. This is the connections you need. This is the software you need. Uh, this is the platform you need. And within a few days, was it a few days that you already had a podcast? All yeah. formatted out already with an intro, already with the body, already with the outro. And I told them, look, you could take the same format that I use in questioning my my guests, and then turn it around. And you've you've done it. And so, uh, kudos, kudos, just for everybody is listening. Really, I, I'm 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 very impressed. Number one with the with the format. Number two with the sound quality. I mean, most people's really. Uh, kind of tinker with it for a while, but you got it really spot on right right from the start. So uh, I'm very happy that you have this uh, podcast running for for quite some time now. You've had a couple guests. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I try I try to do one a, once a week now. Perfect. That's the goal. Stay consistent. Anyway, so to answer your question, which it feels weird because I'm, nobody really asked me that question, but but it depends on how long you have as far as a podcast episode. But really, um, where I came from, i I've, I've been born. I was born and I lived in South Florida. I'm a Florida native, um, born in Miami, uh, went to College of Florida International University, got a bachelor's in health information management. And from there, uh, it's, I had worked as a radiology file clerk, film librarian, as that we will call it. Uh, and then I worked in a uh, HIM medical records technician role. Um, and then we talked about in my podcast how all of a sudden uh, I, after I graduated and got certified, uh, I was thrown into a management role out of the that management role was in a jail system out of all places <laughs> so um, and, and when we talked about it it was really to me a smack of reality like because because you, you don't get that, um, experience of how to deal with people, how to deal with processes hands on until you've actually done it. So, uh, w- you know, when I was in school, I, I, you know, I guess everybody's goal in the program was to be an HIM medical records director, director level position is, is where you need to go. And so uh, I got into the role and got smacked with reality. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I got a bit overwhelmed. And, um, from there, but I got in the role, I got, I'm, I'm being paid to do this role and I have to do something about it. And I guess, you know, when we talk about how do I develop, develop, develop those leadership skills, I'm sure it's there, (laughs) you know, a harsh reality. You have to learn it right there on the spot. Anyways, I only spent a year (laughs) in that role. Uh, It was a bit too much for me, but it was a good experience. Nonetheless, I fixed the problems. Um, and I got it to a point where let's make it better. Let's, let's do it. And so unfortunately the company was like, "Oh, your ideas, we're not ready for them. It's too, it's too much for us. We're not ready to progress with that. So, uh, from then on, I actually got, um, uh, employed back to the hospital system where I was a radiology file clerk and a HAM um, technician, and I became a CDI specialist Uh, And having no experience, uh, no coding skills, no clinical skills, and I spent 12 years in that role. And so um, to get to where I am at podcasting, it wasn't until nine years into the role that I got bored. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for me, like for me, though, it's funny because I, you know. People, I guess nowadays, they, they jump from one job to the next, you know, they, they go from like maybe one or two years, you know, and then they go to the next job, one or two years. Me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very loyal guy. You know, I I'll stay for a long period of time only because I, I, I feel like I need, and I just spoke with this, with my, with my manager, I'm like, boy, I really want to understand the process beyond what, what, with what I'm doing beyond what, with what I'm doing currently you know, in, in terms of what, what, what happens beyond when I do this medical record, when I submit this claim, when I do this uh, query, whatever, what happens out, what are the, the, the effects outside of that? And that's something that I've always kind of wondered in any role, in any role, even my, you know, in that CDI role. And now I'm currently a clinical validation auditor. And so I, I do the same thing I'm three years in. And so I, I feel like I could go seven more years <laughs> with this company because. Like I, there's still so much more, not to the fact that I'm, I'm not bored, but there's so much more that I want to know within the organization. Anyways, so before I became the, you know, a, a, an auditor, nine years into my CDI position, um, I got bored. And so it was, I only had one credential. It was an RHIA, registered health information administrator credential. And I know you've had a couple of CDI people on. Uh, on your podcast, uh, Glenn Krause and uh, who was it? Is it Heidi? Heidi? No, No, uh, somebody who was CDI or somebody in coding, right? Right, right, Um, right, right, right. But out in California, actually. Right. And so regardless, um, what had happened in, in, what was it, two, nine years? So that had to be like 2015 or so. Um, I came in with one credential as a non-clinical credential, right? The the employer gave me a chance. And so it was at a time that I felt, you know, I, I, I I think I'm bored with these medical records. (laughs) I'm bored with, uh, not, not bored with the company, but bored with just the redundancy of seeing these types of cases. And, and for me, it's always about curiosity. What's beyond these walls, what's beyond these records. And so I decided to, to, to apply to different areas, Right. And so all of a sudden they tell me, well, Brian, um, you got a great extensive uh, experience, but you need to have an RN. And so I'm like, Oh, what do you mean an RN? I have nine years. I, I passed your, your employment test. Um, I got through the two interviews and, and they, they were impressed, but, but I need to have an RN. And so that, that put me in a, As you as you would call it a bottleneck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was in a bottleneck, a constraint, a a constraint, and I'm like, okay, what what do I need to do? What is it I need to do? Because otherwise, I'm gonna go crazy. I need to find something that would challenge me, right? And so um, that led to me to go into the internet. I was like, you know what? I I think I could do something on an internet, and and it started out with medical coding tutoring. And so for those, um, I guess, non-coding professionals, in 2015, we, we after how many years, we changed our coding system uh, from ICD-9 to ICD-10. It was a big to-do. Everybody was training for three years. And I decided to, without knowing, uh, create a tutoring business in 2015 before October 1st. So it was around like April or so. And then... People were just, you know, coming to me like, hey, can you teach me ICD-10? I'm like, oh, my gosh. So every week I kept on, on doing this and doing this. And so I felt like I kept on answering the same questions over and over and over again. And so I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so what happens is I decided to do, uh, I got into Facebook groups. So 2015 Facebook groups. And then uh, somebody, by, somebody by the name of Lori Woods invited me in to her group. Uh, I started answering questions for people that had questions about coding, medical coding. And um, from then on, I started my own group. And so that was in yeah 2015. I, I created my own group, Medical Coding Geek. Um, and so now uh, from that group, again, you 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 get into something and you're like, boy, what else can I do with this? I have already, you know, just to give you an idea now, medical coding geeks, which is a Facebook group is about 10,000 people strong. And so I've also have four other groups and you're talking about maybe 15,000 group, people in those groups and something that I'd never intended to, to happen. is just all of a sudden, because of interest of the content and interest of the, uh, of of the community they came together and they just just decided to come in um so the podcast came in because after a couple years of doing the medical coding geeks i'm like you know there there has to be something in a way that uh, you know we see these questions all the time or there has to be a unique way to um communicate or share people from the industry uh to a community and so i said you know what you know you you know what we see now and back in 2015 or so is, you know, a lot of webinars, a lot of webinars, or even just, you know, conferences, you're just sitting there listening to looking at PowerPoint slides. And, and then I decided to create a podcast. And I felt, you know, um, I will interview people in the industry, and uh, go ahead and do it. And so it took a long process. So when I, when I taught you how to do the, the podcasting. Uh, that's that was a couple months of research <laughs> of how to yeah. do it, looking at YouTube videos, uh, trying to get the right microphone, trying to get the right mixer, trying to get the right software, and so all the stuff that I gave you was just painstaking research. <laughs> do and, it I, final, like, and I deeply appreciate. Yeah, everything. yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but anyways, I got the podcast going, and people were well received with that, and so I think what it is, is that. And is that people are tired? As what your brother would said in my and in, in, in when I talked to him in uh, in our podcast episode, it, it's 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 people are tired of monologue. People want dialogue. People want conversations. And so this is at the cusp of podcasting uh, being popular, especially when you talk about like Joe Rogan. And all the other podcasts, there were just, you know, pioneers in that world, And as so I figured, let me just jump on in and, and make this a more of a niche type of community, uh, talking with people in the HIM medical coding, and, and CDI, um, CDI community. And so I've been doing this podcast for, what, since 2017. Um, uh, approaching 100 episodes, hopefully this year, if I stay consistent, because <laughs> it, it was you. very rocky, uh, 2017. Um, you know, I started out doing cause I, I had a full-time job and trying to do a full-time job with a podcast can be very challenging because you because if you understand the processes trying to get a guest, um, coming up with the questions and I do everything myself, I'll do the editing process, the mixing process, and then the uploading process and then the marketing process. So when we think of, and we'll probably talk about leadership, it's all about a team of one, (laughs) you know, it's me, uh, of doing that. That's why when, when, when we talk about leadership, I'm thinking about like, you know, is that really a term that I want to use, but I'm sure you can clarify that with me later on today. But, um, but that's where I'm at podcasting. And we were just talking about earlier, um, I'm doing the same thing in terms of research, trying to learn how to do things now doing it with video. So um i'm hoping soon that we can get a youtube channel uh doing the same thing but i think more for me like you know more of my commentary on certain things and i i like to when i teach and speak which by the way from the podcasting uh what transpired is people inviting me to speak at conferences inviting me to speak at their local chapters inviting me to speak at their schools and i'm like boy this is really great because uh, the podcasting has become more of a marketing funnel for me to go out there in the community. And it's done great wonders. I've spoken locally, nationally, you know, uh, everywhere, even doing a keynote speaking, who knew? And I just did yeah. that this year. You know, like a, a keynote speech. What do you want me to do? Just talk. Okay. I just do that in my podcast anyways. And I'll, I'll just do that for an hour. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so hard for me to do. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I mean, that's where I've been. That's where I'm at. And I'm hoping um, you know, good, good things to come and good things to continue with this podcasting. And just, you know, just the digital media, um, just, just leveraging it and putting it out there.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a great, that's great. So
1: how did you develop your leadership skills? Oh boy. Um, you know, uh, I did this in a, in a speech one time and a, for, for back in 2018 and, uh, I wish I could show you the pictures, but, uh, it had to go back I had to go back to high school right so high school uh, you listen to me talk now right yeah. could you imagine me in high school I was such a quiet guy <laughs> I was a quiet sheltered guy really? in high school right <laughs> yeah right um, I wish I had a picture for you anyways but um, but you know I was in band you know I was very quiet I, I went to a, a Christian school so I kind of felt sheltered in, in that school a little bit. And so when I came to college, uh, and I, I never told this to anybody, but like, the, the school that I was at, it's kind of sheltered me in a bubble, you know. Um, and when I got to college, when I started to see, pe- you know, students smoking at <laughs> the campus, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was telling my mom, like, Look, hey, they smoke at school, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if I should be in this school, but you know. That's the, that's the reality. Right. So, you know, anything in terms of, you know, dealing with the reality, there's a process of dealing with it and adjusting to it. Anyways, so the leadership thing. Right. So I, I got into college and one of my friends, he he um, he we were longtime friends. I actually he lives down the street from me now. Uh, he moved up here into Central Florida. Anyways, he started a, um, he started a group or a club. A club, actually, it's called the Filipino Student Association. So this was back in 1998, right? So 1998, he decided to create the what's called the Filipino Student Association, and on, and then when we started the when we st- I wasn't an officer or anything. I just I just attended the you know the meetings, and so what would happen is that we would get more Asians, we would get Vietnamese, we would get Korean, we get Chinese, and like hey, you know this this Filipino group is great, but what about us, you know? So what had happened is that my friend had gone to the Marines and so he left. And so there was this group, there's what happened. And so people were asking uh, who's going to be the president. And I'm like, everybody was looking around and uh, I don't know what compelled me. I just raised my hand. I said, okay, I'll I'll be the president. Not thinking what, what, what is to be expected of a president of a club in a college. Right. And so again, I think my life has been just realizing just full of smack you know, smack my face full of reality and dealing with it. Um, I had to deal with the Student Government Association. I had to rename the group from Filipino Student Association to Asian Student Union. And that took a process because there's a lot of paperwork involved. I had to find officers. Like, I didn't know anybody, you know, I, I, I knew some people, but I didn't know if they were reliable. But I knew they were cool enough to, you know, I guess that, you know, back then, uh, cool enough to... Um, to join the group. I said, okay, can you be an officer? What does that entail? I don't know. Just be, you could be vice president. You could be Sergeant of arms. You could be secretary, you could be treasurer. And so, you know, I think what it was in college is that, you know, just having that role is just, you know, good enough. And I can, I guess you'll fill yourself into that role. And um, I was president for gosh, I would like to say two to three years, because of course, I had to finish school, I had to stop like, you know, I got to stop being president of this thing. And so it, it transpired into uh, monthly meetings, uh, it transpired to activities, uh, to parties, uh, to a lot of events that require a lot of planning and um trying to get funding from the university to fund these events that's another process within itself. trying to get my team together to hey come to this meeting come this once a month could you do this for me could you do this for me and um the speaking thing came from when we did the events nobody wanted to be the host <laughs> nobody wanted to be the MC. and guess who had to do it me and so i'm like oh my gosh so my first event i had to just be, you know, put it out all out there. And then all of a sudden you, that's where the speaking began, because I think I just had it. I just never, you know, used it or never had the opportunity to use it. Um, so doing events, speaking at, um, uh, uh, conferences and stuff like that and dealing with other universities, such as UM, university of Miami, uh, dealing with people over in Georgia, um, just within college years, you know, that's that, I think to me, that's where I, I developed or had the, the, the kick in the butt or the jab, the body jab <laughs> to do the leadership skills. Cause like, okay, this is what you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta do it. And so you develop a lot of things, organizational skills. And I think what's most important for me is the speaking, uh, the communication. And so that's, I think that's where the origin story came from there. And after that, you got podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So oh, people, yeah oh people yeah people are yeah. usually surprised. Like, you know, you, you, you were a quiet guy. I said, yeah, because it became, it started out in college. And so just being, again, pushed into that realm, you know, like, you know, who else is going to do it? I might as well do it. And I always ask myself, what's the worst that can happen? And uh, that's how it pretty much started. Excellent.
0: Really. So basically, I'm sure with everything you did with that group and everything, you had quite a few people following you. Yeah, no, right. Yes. And that's the once. that's uh, step one of becoming a leader. You need followers. So mm-hmm. you did great. You did great. So what, what, what do you consider makes a person a good leader?
1: So it goes back to um, at least what I'm familiar with a good leader. I, I guess, you know, we could talk about organizational skills. We could talk about all of that, but I think it just comes down to good communication, really good communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just good communication, but effective communication. Um, you could do, you could be, and I've always learned, to, you know, in terms of uh, leadership or even management. I don't know if we want to tie those two terms together, but I've always understood either you be task based or um, del- you know delegate. And so, I find myself in between those type of things. But you know, regardless, if you're, if I'm going to delegate something. Uh, it requires good communication. Uh, making sure that you say it in such a way that they do it the right way. Do it, say it in such a way that they're motivated. Uh, and, you know, we can talk well, about- let's, let's,
0: let's take away the word
1: right. delegate for a second, okay? Because okay. I hear what you're saying, Yeah.
0: okay? And a boss delegates and they walk away, okay? Right. I, when, the, Listening to you, you coach them. You coach good them word. to what has to be done. Like that. It's mm-hmm. a- totally different word because just what you even said and one of the things that you and i even talked about Mm. back and when you interviewed me was emotional intelligence yeah i was gonna get at. yeah yeah okay so you're you're already leading right into emotional intelligence okay that's where i was
1: going
0: (laughs) oh you beat me to it (laughs) So, so i i think you know that that is great so let let me stop and let you continue
1: Oh yeah, that's where it was gonna be. I guess um, the term emotional intelligence. Uh, the people that follow you, you know, you can't beat them up. They're part. They're they're part of you. You know, when you think of the body, you can't beat up your body. Otherwise, your body won't function. Uh, but I think the when you talk about emotional intelligence, the real root of it all is all good. It's good communication. That's that's what I've been always trying, been striving for. Especially when doing this podcast, because to me, doing the, this podcast, getting on a microphone, speaking in front of people, it, it, it's, it's good practice. To me, it's good practice to, to work on that skill. And, it's, and I've been doing this podcasting thing for, gosh, three years. And, and I feel like my communication skills has gotten better, but could be better after I listened to myself so many times or even just editing myself. And I, and I totally agree with you.
0: I, I mean, there was times in there that, you know, you, you tell somebody something mm-hmm. and you think you told them, you know, exactly how, you know, and the, do you understand what we were trying to do? And they come back. Yes. And then you find out, well, it didn't really come back the way, you know, everything it was planned. Right. And you, so you talk to the individual and you say, well, can you just do me a favor? You know? during our conversation, what, what did you, what were your expectations out of that conversation Mm -hmm. and to find out what they thought you said was right to them because I can understand where they got it, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't what I want, what, what I really wanted to convey to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I actually found out like, well, wow. in communications, it's not, you know, they always say you got two ears, one mouth. So you listen twice as much as you talk. Okay. (laughs) But, but it was like, Wow. I needed to make sure that what I was saying actually went with what's going on in the head and a lot of times. And a lot of times it wasn't. And to your other point, you say, can you get better? Well, the day you think your communications is good, Brian quit. Cause you're not going to get any better. I mean, you know, it's an old saying, okay. You, Cause right. you can always learn and always get better. And then you look back. I mean, I look back at just me in the, 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 uh, I guess the 10, 12 weeks that I've been podcasting, uh, you know, I'm having a very good conversation with you, and I, I'll tell you what my first couple of podcasts. Uh, you know, I was asking questions before <laughs> I, I, I wasn't talking too much.
1: I, yeah. I noticed you you would um, you would ask the question, and then um, just giving your feedback. Uh, your your guest would uh, give an answer, and you would go, "Okay, yep, yep." <laughs> yeah.
0: Why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I go to the next question. So I, you know, I, I I wasn't interacting
1: too well. There you go. That's that's the that's the that's the trick. And I'm gonna the the trick, um, in, in interviewing, is playing catch. You know, you th- I throw the ball at you. You throw the ball at me. You, and we do it such a great job to with, with both of us. And you you, you I think we it's it's I think what's what's most important is having a good chemistry with the other person. Uh, knowing that you're going to have a good conversation, you know that I'm going to throw the ball at you. You're going to speak. I'm just going to watch. And then when you're done, I know you're going to throw it back to me. And, and, you know, even your brother does a good job with it. When I interviewed him on my podcast, it was just like, there's no break in conversation. That's when you do a podcast like this, when there's no break in conversation, or I know when you're going to finish what you're going to say, I know that I have to jump back in and uh, make commentary on what you just said. Excellent. I mean, and, and I'm learning that because you're right. When I first started, I used to
0: say to myself, "Well, you know, I'm interviewing you, so you know, I I, I shouldn't talk that much." But you know, I, I do like the the communication. That's what I was going to say.
1: You should be talking more. It's yeah. your podcast. <laughs> we should be. They're there for you, not not necessarily for your guests. Good point. Good point. Good yeah. point. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll work on that.
0: So yeah. okay. So yeah. Yeah. what's your thoughts between the connection between leadership and teamwork?
1: Uh, I think in terms of leadership and teamwork, maybe you might need to help me out with this. But um, when I think of just teamwork, right, it seems like an interview question. So I'm not very good at this, but regardless, but I'm going to break it down. The way I answer questions, I'll break it down. So when I think of teamwork, we have to have a team. They have to work together, right? Right. And so in order for them to work together, they have to have somebody uh, with them. That has a set of skills that can coach them, right? Right. Uh, so it has to be this this uh, synergy within the group to make sure that you have a certain project, a certain problem that you're trying to solve, mm-hmm. and you're trying to achieve a certain <laughs> a certain outcome. With right. but 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 I've always noticed is that um, when you're trying to solve a problem, the one thing that you should not achieve is perfection, right? Because there's always going to be some form of problem and that's something that you have to expect. And so- Being in quality. um, Go ahead. Snap-on tools spent
0: a lot of money teaching me quality and SPC, statistical process control many years ago. Okay. And the thing is perfection can't be reached. Right. So you strive for excellence. Mm. Mm. Okay. Excellence can. There's a big difference between excellence. You you can always get better. It's an excellent product, and quality is just a mindset. There's no difference between the quality of 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 making paper clips than making than making uh the space shuttle. Okay. The consequences are different. So, because Mm -hmm. if you wreck a paperclip, nothing really happens. But if you wreck a space shuttle, people die, could die. Okay. But it's still the mindset. Okay. In the spaceship, I'm not going to let anything go bad. In the paperclip, well, the consequences aren't that bad. So, you know what? I'm going to let things slide by. So, it's always a mindset. So, you Mm -hmm. can strive for that excellence to make a better paperclip than anybody else. It, It goes back to the old saying, I can make a better mousetrap. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between excellence and perfection, because you can't reach perfection. You just can't. Okay. So that's, that's, that's how I see it. And, and, and when you come with leadership and teamwork and everything, like with the common goal, I, as I, you know, me, I'll bring everything back to sports. Okay. But if you go back to sport, okay. The goal is, you know, I don't care how many yards you run. I don't care, you know, how many catches you have. I don't care how many interceptions. What's the ultimate outcome to win the game, okay? So you have to work cohesively as a team to do that. Mm -hmm. The coach, being the leader, can teach you everything there is. Can teach you the skills, how to communicate, what to watch for, whatever to do, okay? But they can't play the game. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That coach can't cross over that sideline, okay, and play the game. Plus, they probably can't throw the ball where the darn. Right. And the teamwork is, you know, a lot of times in here, you watch, and again, I'm going to football a little bit, between the quarterback and receivers, they both have to read the defense the same way. Because if the quarterback reads it this way, that you're going to break in, and the, and the receiver re- reads it differently, he breaks out, then the ball ain't getting to him. So mm-hmm. that's the teamwork aspect of it.
1: Now, so. now, if, while we're speaking of sports, I might as well throw in another analogy is uh, yesterday I was watching with my son, um, Creed Creed Two. If you watch that. Oh one, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the one with the uh, Rocky Balboa and, uh, Michael B Jordan. And so, um, you're talking about the coach and the team. So then we'll, you know, let's talk about the coach and the boxer. And so this was a great story. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it for those who are listening. So, uh, without any i might as well spoil it anyways the the the, the premise is <laughs> i might as well spoil it. The, premise, the premise is is that you know you got michael b jordan and um this guy from russia drago right drago the son of drago from from the old rocky movies right right and so they get into the fight and then um drago injures him or whatever they get disqualified right and so michael b jordan is all beat up he's all sad he's all psychologically um, you know, out of it, and I think the first match Rocky did not coach him because he knew that it was, was a big danger to him. Uh, there was some some form of conflict, anyways. So they they get in, they you know the Michael B Jordan um, uh, heals from his injuries, and they have to do this fight because otherwise he would have relinquished his championship. And so the process of him uh, Rocky steps in is okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. And so uh, the the um, the strategy was that you have to feel pain and you have to give pain because in in the first match, he wasn't expecting pain. He was expecting, he was, he was, he was expecting to use his finesse to win the the match. So here comes this big, you know, huge Russian guy, just beating him. And so he busted his kidney. He busted his rib in the first match. And so what Rocky did was teach him how to deal with the pain, uh, stand toe -to to toe. Um, you know, go right in it, you know, and, and he coached him, but he's not in the fight, as you mentioned. Right. And so, you know, in the in the actual match, you know, he gave him some pointers. Hey, he's overreaching. And, and what you do is you punch him right here. Uh, and so he's analyzing the team, right? He's actually, the, which is the one person. And, you know, making the small adjustments, making sure that they achieve, I guess, you, as you mentioned, uh, the excellence, in this case, to win the match. Right. And,
0: and, and the big thing is, you take that, you talk about it. And, you know, he looked for Rocky. He followed Rocky because mm-hmm. he led him to the success he wanted. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the important part of, you know, in leadership. Okay. Like I, like I, I kidded you in the beginning, you're not a leader unless you have followers. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, if you just take Facebook, okay. You, you have that group. Well, if you have 15,000 people following in that group, uh, that kind of says, well, there's somebody leading this group or mm-hmm. leading the topic that everybody's interested in, the passion. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so uh,
1: can you share that how how you might be able to build a successful team? Well, let's go back to the groups then. I think that's how I wanted to answer that question. Is um, you know building successful teams, and so what I did is in, in translation into Facebook groups is is uh, create. Facebook groups. And so for those that are wondering, well, what, what, what can you do with Facebook groups? You could do a whole lot with Facebook groups. And so when I created um, medical coding geeks, right. And so uh, what had happened is that uh, it grew up before it, 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 it increased to 10,000. Um, there were a lot of questions on specific topics, you know, uh, that weren't related to medical coding, uh, such as, you know, where can I go to school for health information technology? Well, that's not really somewhat related with coding, and, and but we can answer that there. Uh, what about clinical documentation improvement? How many medical coders know about that? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe uh, we can answer that there. But I, I saw an opportunity to just create another group, you know, uh, right. keep the conversation relevant. Uh, medical coding with medical coding, health information technology with health information technology, CDI with CDI. And so I decided to uh kind of take that group and kind of like trickle it down into other groups but not so much to where it is decentralized right just just enough that it trickles down enough that you know it's 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 within a, a small nick group now let me give you some examples there are <laughs> there's there's this one group um it started out with a parent group but then it decentralized so much. Now, when I say decentralized, it decentralized into regions, into states, into students, into professionals, into specialties. It got so decentralized to the point that when I looked at it, I'm like, "Who is managing all of this?" You know, uh, it's too much. And then you know, when you think about moderators and administrators, that just becomes, in in my eyes, a hassle. Now, oh, yeah. I've man- I've been able to manage the groups the 15,000 in combination on my own, you know, because that's why I don't want to decentralize it too much. And so um, successful teams, I think just is just you, it, it was built upon interest. It was built upon a need, you know, a need for, for question and answering. And I think also for community. So, you know, you talk about 10,000 for medical coding geeks, you're talking about almost 2,000 for CDI, almost about 2,000 for, uh, RHIT. And I also have a, you know, a specific, um, podcast group, you know, that, that people go in there and I kind of update them privately. It's really exclusive, uh, where I give my information on how I do this podcasting thing. And because of that, like yourself and many others, uh, they created their own podcast. I asked them zero (laughs) dollars. I just want them to just create it because, uh, you know, it's, it's the least that I can do to make somebody better. Right. Do, do you have a funny story you can share? A funny story. Do I have a funny story? Well, I'll, I'll, here's one thing I'll, I'll talk about the. Um, I'll talk about the topic that I did for my keynote. And so every speech that I do um, always for some reason has to deal with, with something that I'm doing. And so for my, when when somebody came up to me and said, hey, can you speak about your keynote? Can you speak at our convention uh, and be our keynote speaker, the last person to close out the convention? I'm like, excuse me. And I'm like, okay. And so at the time, um, and this was back in 2019. And in 2019, I was training to do my first marathon. So, so, so when I was asked, I was still training and I said, boy, this would be a great opportunity for me to talk about all the training that I did and, uh, and, and put it into a nice, wonderful presentation. So, but the, 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 the marathon part was just so painful, you know, and, when, and, I, and the thing is that I'm back to square one right now. And so, but anyways, so, back in 2018, I, I, I was like, so heavy, I just moved, uh, I was up to 278, 278, not 278 pounds, I, I'm almost there. So <laughs> that's, that, that, that's how the, the pandemic has been treating me. Anyway, so I decided to, you know, uh, you know, I'm, a, uh, so 2018, I was 38, right? So 2019, I said, Okay, let me spend the year And uh before I turn 40, let's 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 knock something out of the bucket list and do a marathon. And so I started off with walking. I started off, you know, just trying to to run and walk and stuff like that. And I was doing great. And then the summer hit and it was too hot down here in South Florida. Anything that's 80 degrees, forget it. You're you're done. Um, and then um I had this plan to to do a PR and all this stuff. and uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, November hit, and it was terrible. Like I kept on eating. <laughs> I'd stop. I stopped. it got too cold. i didn't I didn't do any training. My first marathon was supposed to be scheduled December first, December first, two thousand and uh, 2019 over in the space coast. And uh, you know, the the most that I ever trained for, and the the, the worst thing about training is that, uh, the plan that you follow is that every once a week, I, I I schedule on a Sunday. You're supposed to do a long run, right? So my first long one run was three miles, and then the following week I would do four, I would do six, I would do eight, I would do whatever. I didn't reach half a marathon, half 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 a marathon, you know, thirteen miles until November. <laughs> and you're going to run a marathon and then run a marathon in a month. So then I had a month, I had a month to prepare for that marathon. So, you know, the thing is, is that, I don't know if it's funny, but you know, to me, it's like, uh, just to, just to discuss, it's like, what do I do within that month? You know, geez. And so I think I put into my head, I think I, that's just me. This is me. I put too much in my head. I overanalyze a lot of things such as this YouTube channel, such as podcasting, you know, trying to prepare for stuff. I think I over-prepare myself mentally. And, and then, you know, to come down to it, it's like I didn't really have to work that hard at all. So anyways, uh, you know, the, what I did, um, so November 1st, 13 point, I finally reached 13.1 miles. And, and I felt good though. I felt good though. So the challenge is that once you reach the half marathon mark, um, everything else is then becomes the new challenge. So reaching 14 miles, doing 13 miles is just the warm up, and then all of a sudden you got to do one more mile. Then you have to do the, the the 13 miles again. So could you imagine every week up until the, the up to December? You know, I had a I had to skip. You know, I went from 13. I had to do 15 the following week. I, <laughs> I went from 15 to 17, then from 17 to 19, then 19 to to 21, and that was the most that I did, right? So. I would reach 13 and then I, I would walk. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. I'll get, I'll do the two miles walking and then I'll run to 15. I'll, I'll walk the last two. And I figured, you know, if I can get to 21, I'll just walk the rest. I'll walk the five miles. I don't care. <laughs> and um, but that's the thing with marathons. It's like, you know, the, you know, it's, it's not that bad. If, as long as you maintain a certain speed, I think it's about 17 minutes per mile. Uh, you're okay. And that is that the thing is that I was maintaining below set 16. And that's just right at a walk, right? Just right out of the walk. So I, I did the first half. So anyways, I, we get to December, right? When I get to December. Um, the, the you know, you, you're expecting like, I know that I have to eat a lot. And so uh, what is it? Uh, 13 miles. I, I do it on my, on my phone. It's a, um, I'm sorry, on my watch, you have to, burn, I burn at least 4,000 calories, <laughs> Really, <laughs> 4,000 4, calories on the, on the half, a half marathon. Right. And so I'm like, geez, I got to eat before this thing, because uh, if I don't eat, I'm, you know, I, I think that's the most important thing in terms of running is preparation, not right. mentally, but then sometimes we also forget that we have to eat. We have to have the right electrolytes. And boy, did I just buy a whole bunch, like the investment, just doing all this marathon stuff is insane. I bought like over under $200 pairs of shoes. I had to buy a $100 watch. I had to buy a $100, you know, hydration pack. I had to buy uh 30, $50 electrolytes. I'm like, geez, this is stuff that I don't even eat, you know? And so you know, just the over-preparation because the thing is that was the same thing with Facebook groups. I got into a Facebook group in in the marathons and they're just suggesting all of this stuff that I need to have. And so I buy all the stuff like, you know, like a little sheep. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to buy it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And then, um, I got all my stuff and but the things before I had, I'm like, boy, I have to eat and what am I going to eat? And so, I remember I had a I had some Vietnamese food, the the soup, the pho. Have you ever had that? No, big I never bowl of A uh, big bowl of Vietnamese soup with noodles. And so I had that in the morning. And then I said, I think I have to have another meal. And so we had Filipino food. So we had the egg rolls, the noodles, the, the pork. <laughs> I thought I was gonna, you know, throw up, but that that held me through. So, anyways, the the, the day of the, the marathon, it was like 5 a.m. And so I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. And then the thing is that when I, when I get to the race and I'm, I'm jogging, I'm passing people already. And I'm like, what's the, wh- why are they, pe- why am I passing? These-? I thought I was the worst one. That's yeah. what I thought it was. I thought it was the worst one. I thought it was going to be last. And so I found out to be that it wasn't that bad. So I got to 13 miles and I, I kind of pushed myself after that. I went to 18 miles. I jogged and I walked uh, up to 18. I said, you know what? Why am I stressing out? Why am I stressing out? Why just, I'm just going to walk the rest. I'm just going to walk the rest and have some fun. And that's the thing that I did not have, that I did not allow myself to, to have. was To enjoy fun, it. To enjoy it. So I'm like, you know, I, I need to enjoy this. So anyways, that led to, and I didn't tell you what's was called the dopey challenge, right? And so this dopey challenge is one, two, one, two, three, four days of running four days of running, right? And so that marathon was just a practice <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> that was just a trial run, Jim. That was just a trial four, run. Four marathons? And it, no, 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 no. Four races, four races. Okay. I'll explain. So the four races, the first day is a 5K. I, I'm okay, <laughs> all right? The, the second one, 10K. So that's about six miles. Then I have to do the marathon, not half marathon, 13 miles. Then the next day I have to do the full marathon. Could you imagine doing a half marathon the next day, do a full mar- full marathon? Wow! I, I was I, I that's that's another challenge. That's what I was talking about in that keynote. Is, is like how do you mentally prepare for that, and then how do you how how in the heck are you gonna have fun, <laughs> just knowing that you just finished a half marathon, and a half marathon. The thing is, you know, I hate to go long, but the, my history with half marathons is that. I feel like garbage after 13 and a half miles, right? To the point that I cannot walk past the finish line. And then, then I'm sore for days. So uh, I, I had to get out of my mind and out of my body that feeling. So that's why the training part came into to play to the point where I got to 13 miles and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, you know? But then I never trained myself to do 13 miles and do a full marathon, right? So that's the problem. So anyways, I did the, the first day I just walked it, you know, cause there's just the, with Disney, there's, there's, not much of a hard requirement, you know, so you could walk the whole 5k and just get that muddle and you're done. The thing is that I, I scheduled this thing wrong because it's on a Thursday. So the thing with Disney races is that you have to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning to beat the rush of people. So you have to get there. I'm, I'm there at three 30. My wife brings me at three 30. I'm like, why are we here? Oh, because of all of the traffic. I'm like, okay. And so we start at six, we three 30, get there, start at six, <laughs> you know, start at six to just walk, 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 like walk for three miles. And then I have to get to my car. Right. So I've been up since three o'clock. I get home. I still have to work eight hours. <laughs> I still really? have to work eight hours, Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm not doing anything else after I'm done with work, I'm going straight to sleep. I'm going to eat and then go to sleep. Right. So I did the same thing on Friday, 10, the 10 K I had to work that day again. So I had to do, I had to um, wake up at three, start at six, but then because it's, it's a, uh, it's a longer distance. I didn't start till later. Right. So the day before I started around like eight o'clock, then I have to start at nine o'clock. Now the time is pushing back. You know, I'm like, oh boy, so this is pushing into my preparation time for the half marathon. So then I get to the half marathon. It wasn't that bad. Again, I, I prepared for it. I felt good. I kept a good pace and then, um, then I got to the full marathon. And the thing is that, you know, I usually run by myself. And so through the, through the whole entire time of all of these races, I got some people to, to run with me, I guess I, I I didn't really intend it to to that be, but all of a sudden people were starting to run with me and says, could you run with me tomorrow on, on the half marathon? I say, okay, I'll, I'll," you know, I, I run by myself and I'm not really a group runner. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll be with you for the first half marathon, half 13 miles. Right. So, okay. So then, you know, I have my own, you know, agenda yeah, <laughs> coming yeah. in. And so then I, I do the, I, I walk really we're at a 16 per minute mile pace. And the thing with, with the person that I'm running with, you know, she didn't know how to, to manage her own watch. She didn't know about her, um, her pulse. <laughs> and so, uh, I had to explain that to her as we're doing all of this. And I would say, Well, what's your pulse? And so my pulse, my 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 heart rate runs about 150 and if I'm running good and keeping a good pace. Hers was going up to 180, 190. I'm like, Oh my God,
0: dude, that's pretty what high. Are you
1: doing? That's and she was not doing a full sprint or anything. Uh, and I said, yo, you got to slow down. And so what happened is that she would go all the way up and then she would tire down and then she would just kind of crash. But when she crashed, she would just go a full, like, like leisurely walk. I'm like, that's not how you do it. So anyways, we, we, we did all of this stuff for 13 miles and I'm like, adios, <laughs> I'm here. I gotta, I gotta finish this race otherwise. Cause the thing is that there are, there are pacers behind you. They're called the balloon ladies. If they pass you, you get picked up by the bus and then you don't win no medal, right? And so I I like, you know, 13 miles, adios, I got to go. And so the thing is that, in you know, right now here in Florida, it's about what? It's like in the 50 degrees. So back in like a year ago, it was in the 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s with high humidity. In January, (laughs) in January, what (laughs) the heck? And so a year later... This year, it's cold. I'm like, why couldn't it be cold? Anyways, so 70 to 80 degree weather on a full marathon, right? Everybody was dropping like flies. Oh, <laughs> Everybody yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. dehydration. Um, and you from you, heat stroke year, electrolytes real quick yeah i bought i bought a lot of electrolytes i'm going to tell you a story about the what happened with the electrolytes so everybody was dropping uh the disney you know medical staff were like like they were very thin they were like spread out to the point that they had to cut the they had to cut the race off by a mile so i'm used to the heat and then all of a sudden i just said yeah i just walk the problem is that there's a whole bunch of people like the masses were just walking and so I'm like, why do I even have to run? I just walked the whole entire race and that's how it was. And so, um, I drank, so my, my strategy was drink uh, a thing of electrolytes in the, in the first, maybe half marathon and drink a second one. in the second half, it was so hot, right? I was perspiring like crazy. I make sure I drink, I drink, I drink, I drink. When I finished the, 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 the race, all of a sudden I started getting flakes these are flakes of electrolytes that I drank. That's so much no electrolytes, kidding. yeah. And it was like, it was, I'm like, why am I flaking here? Do I do I have dandruff on my skin? No, it was the salts, the salts that have perspired, and they dried. That's how much you perspire, that's how much is crazy with the heat. So, yeah, that's my story. That's <laughs> okay.
0: excellent. It's a great story, it's a great story. So sorry,
1: it ran too long. So so
0: so, did you what you call it? The dopey race. It's called the Dopey Challenge. Oh, the Dopey Challenge. So, so a, did you yeah, get your medal?
1: So I got, oh yeah, I got, um, I got the medals, but they're upstairs. But I, you know, you get one of these when you finish uh, <laughs> the merit. So you finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people, so, you should see this now. <laughs> yeah, so it was like the a, a mass of people that were wearing like this, right? They were going like that. And then they would have, the thing is that they, you would get um, a medal for the 5K, a medical, a medical, a medical, a medal for the 10K, so that's two, a medal for the the half marathon, that's three, Uh, a medal for the the marathon, that's four, you get a a medal for completing the, the half marathon and the marathon, so that's five, and then you get a sixth medal for the whole thing, so I would have six medals you for the whole four days, you have a potential of winning six, uh, six medals. So here I have all this on my clanging chest. And so what I did when I finished, I went home. And so people are like, you know, they go to Disney world and whatever, and they stand in front of the co- the castle with their medals. You know what the picture I took, I have to show it to you. I have to show it to you. Um, I, I, I laid in my bed. Okay. I, I pulled the covers. I told my wife, just lay the medals on me and then take a picture. <laughs> with with the hat on like this <laughs> like that so here's here's the i'm not, actually not done with that then then we had the next day we had aboard board a cruise a disney cruise to run another race in the bahamas i was so so Sore. <laughs> yeah. Really. Right. Really. So you know, the first thing that we did when we get to the Bahamas is get on that banana boat. You know that banana boat. You ever seen yeah. that banana boat? Anyways, it's a long inflatable tube, right? And it's oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. It's attached to a, a speedboat. You're right. My right. wife wanted me to ride that, and so st- my whole body is sore. I've never ridden on this banana boat, and I'm here like like riding it like a horse right for dear life for dear yeah. life hold it on holding on life like oh my gosh i don't want to drop because we're in the middle of the ocean i don't know if there's any sharks cuz i don't know about this stuff so the 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 boat the boat guy he's like you want it slow i'm like yeah let's let's start off slow and then and then he says you want to go faster i, I went like this i i said thumbs up thumbs up i think i'm okay thinking that he's going to go a little then he just goes full throttle you know, through the Caribbean, you know, through the Caribbean. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like holding like this, holding like this, like that. And like, like, like my, my muscles are all contracted because I'm still sore from the race. Everything was all sore. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to lay on the beach. And the thing is that in January in the Caribbean, the water is so cold that I just stood in the water. Just like this, that was my natural uh, nature's ice bath. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So did you do the race the next day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the race, but I walked it. And then, I, th- but that's that's the day that you're at the island. Oh, okay. And so so we did the, um, yeah, I did the race. Then I got on the banana boat, right? That's the same day. <laughs> did the race. So I did like what? F- well, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five races. Then did the banana boat. <laughs> then I said, you know what? I'm just going to go and sit, stand in the water and then just, chill whole entire day that was it and the thing is that we didn't go anywhere after that i just went straight to bed that was that that's just it's just so just so exhausting you know through all of that and to think about that that i have to that i that to think about trying to do that again is just overwhelming but that's that's part of the challenge And i'm trying to do that again hopefully try to do another marathon probably next year
0: oh good for you good for you so well, okay. So let's move on a little bit. So
1: uh, <laughs> you told me to tell you the story. I'm I did.
0: Good. It was a great story too. I I I'm not sorry that you told me the story. So anyway, um, has the virtual with everything with COVID has the virtual world really affected your
1: styles in any way? Um, you know, before uh, I I've been virtual. You know, I've been virtual. So back in 2018. I left South Florida to move to central Florida. So uh, the, this was after 12 years of working in the hospital, I was finally working remote. So for most medical coders, that was their dream, you know, to work, to work at home. Boy, was that like uh, for me in 2018, and thank God I, I, I had the opportunity to adjust. It was a big adjustment. Uh, working with people dealing with people connecting with people moving around getting up not being disturbed just doing your work that doesn't happen here at home (laughs) you know that doesn't happen here Um, so the first couple I was I was literally depressed because I'm like you know when you think about it I I woke up I walk down here I work I clock out I eat I go back upstairs and I do the process again like you know like a like a like a robot, you know, it, it was depressing. And then, um, I didn't, I didn't know this neighborhood too much. So just walking around the neighborhood felt like walking in a prison yard, you know, <laughs> and then you come back home <laughs> and then you start work. I'm like, it, it's, it's too much. Yeah. And so I had to really adjust to the virtual environment. Thank God I did it in 2018. That's why people in 2020, they went crazy because I knew right away that they, they were adjusting and I'm like, even my kids, you know, my kids, um, they went virtual in 2018 because there was, you know, because of the schools, we didn't know anything about the schools, So we decided to put them in virtual in 2018. So when 2020 hit, they, there's like, we don't have to go to, to a physical school. We just continue our virtual school. Okay, no problem. They're already adjusted, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, with, with the adjustment of working at home, not connecting with people, it's... It's a big adjustment. The thing is that you have to have develop a good routine, develop a healthy routine, uh, learn to clear your head. I think that, that's the thing. So yeah. with, with working on site, I was used to what? I mean, what do you do? You wake up, I wake up at 645, I get the kids ready, I get them to the bus, I drive to work, I do my work and I drive back. But the thing is that the time from driving from your house to, to, to work and from work to home, it's a process because where are you? You're in your car. What are you doing in your car? You're somewhat preparing yourself for the day and then you're decompressing when you come home. Exactly. And so I figured, I figured that's what I need. I should not be waking up and rolling over in my bed and then just crawling into this office over here and starting work. I should be preparing my mind, not preparing for work, but just getting my, you know, myself ready for the day. So Why don't, that's you, why, why, why don't you go run a couple miles? That's what I, that's what led to the marathon. That's what <laughs> led to the marathon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you suck me right in. <laughs> that's what led to it. You know, it's like, okay, I can do a few miles. Maybe I, you know, I got a little bit ambitious. I've done half marathons. All right, I'll do it. I'll do a film. My, my, my wife says, do you want me to sign you up for a half marathon? And I was like, because of the, the disney race can you you want to do just the half marathon for the disney race oh no i'll do the whole thing i'll do the whole thing i'll do the 5k the 10k the half half marathon i'll do the full no problem it's on my bucket list i'm going to turn 40 before that and so that's one of on my bucket lists. and so boy that was a big <laughs> that, was, that was a big mistake but it was a good mistake Oh but, yeah, good memories good memories yeah but but yeah. the but the, the the decompression i think when i when you walk you wake up, you look at the sunrise, you look at the sky, you, you talk to your You kind of like have an internal dialogue. You prepare yourself, you motivate yourself. That's, that's, that's something you you have to have.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, especially when you, um, you know, work with a team, you got to have a fresh mind every morning. You can't oh, carry yeah. all of the garbage that you have from home. You can't carry all the garbage from the previous day. You start fresh. And so right. the best way of doing it fresh is just clearing your head, may it be walking, Me. I have a weight set. You know, I bang the weights a couple of times. Do deadlifts. Do squats. Do do uh, bench presses. You know, anything to just you know get your body working. Oh, physical
0: t- exercise really—it it
1: always took the stress away for me. Always yeah. did. Yeah. And then that's where I got into the boxing thing too. So I have a I have a boxing set there. But then I was telling your brother I got a I got a tennis elbow tendonitis here from doing a. From doing a cross, you know, on the on the heavy bag a bit too hard, and so he suggested, "Hey, just uh, take it easy there." Bro. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> <Easy> yeah. <there. laughs> so, so not you've you've accomplished so much. What the heck does your future look like? Um, I, you know what's funny is I told my wife I have a five year plan, right? So like, um. You know, twenty the the past few years have been good. The past few years have been very good uh, for our family financially, um, to the point where my wife thinks that she doesn't have any work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like, um, I don't know. I don't. I think because she's a nurse, right? So uh-huh. she works as a registered nurse uh, in the ER. She's actually at work right now, um, and and and, I, and so I I. So she's getting her bachelor's. She's going to get her master's. I said, why do you need your master's? You know? And so, um, she's, cause I don't want to, here's the thing. You know, she, they, people don't want to work too much. They want to make more work less. Right. right, that's, right. that's, 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 that's a reasonable goal. I've, I've had a few conversations actually, you know, the, my next uh, podcast, um, uh, guest coming up, uh, in the event of COVID, right. She managed to, you know, her consulting I guess part of her business went down. It was, you know, she can't go out there and do consulting uh, for coding, but her education sector blew up because of course of the need. So she managed to, to you know, get paid six figures for that year, six figures for that year. And she worked less. She didn't have to deal with a lot of stress. And so that that light went on. And so with my conversation with that, I'm like, well, that should be me too. You know, why, why can't I work less and make more, you know? And so my five-year plan with the, you know, the YouTube channel is, you know, that's what I want to do. Continue the podcast. Um, take, do a YouTube channel. Uh, but the, I guess when I look at a YouTube channel, um, it's in such in a way that I, I want to give away free content. I think that's, that's how you do it. And so when you give away free content, you know, sharing your ideas, sharing your thoughts, break, I think for the YouTube channel, it's me breaking down ideas in such a way. Cause I used to teach, I didn't, I don't, I didn't mention that earlier. but I used to teach, but when I taught, I taught in a way that deconstructed ideas a lot. And so I think if I translate that into video and then talk about the certain topics that people are wanting in the Facebook groups you know, take the time to take that specific topic and then break it down in such a way that people are, you know, they can digest that information and use it. I think that'll do great things. And so I'm hoping this YouTube channel will do great. Again, it's a learning process. I got the camera, I got the microphone, I got the lighting, I got the software. Um, I'm just going to put it all together. And that's the thing, like people say, oh, why can't you hire somebody else to do it? And so what, what you're probably going to, what you'll be dealing with is that, you won't let anybody touch your podcast, right? The same way. I'm not going to let anybody touch my work. It's my work, you know, it's my baby. And so for have somebody to, to edit it and I'm not going to like it, you know, that's, it's just so hard to let go. So anyways, that's the YouTube channel. So the five year plan is that hopefully this YouTube channel does great to the point where um, I can, you know, Release myself from a full-time job, go full-time consulting, do full-time YouTube, do full-time content creation, uh, do speaking, do stuff that I like, Yeah, which yeah. is just talking,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. get paid to talk and then do it well. Exactly. So
0: what best words of advice do you have for all our listeners here uh, that, you know, I mean, everything you've done, you know, I mean, and again, it could be anything. I mean, what, what advice do you got for our listeners?
1: Well, the best advice I can give for everybody um, is create content, right? But in a way that you're not afraid to create it and to share it, right? So pe- most people who think, oh, I'm, you know, you know, when I hear a YouTube channel, when they hear podcast, what am I going to talk about? Uh, if people are going to like it, Um My answer is who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Whoever listens to it, who cares if they like it, if they don't like it? it, is the fact that there's something inside you that needs to come out. Right. And so if you do it the right way, (laughs) if you say it the right way, if it's constructive, it's not pissing off any people, if it's not inciting any riots or anything like that. Okay, you can do it. Okay. Um, But What's nice about sharing your content is that your audience, there will be people in the audience that will relate to your content. And so when they relate to your content, they are drawn to you. And so as you mentioned, right, as you mentioned, it only takes one uh, follower to be successful. But, you know, when you look at it um, with a group of people that I have, I'm always achieving for 10%. So if it's like 1,500, 1,500 people that are, that are drawn to in the Medical Coding Geeks group, maybe 150 people will be active in that group. And that's all I'm achieving for. And so from there, I'll just build from there, you know, from 1,500, from 150 to 300, even with this podcast, you know, I've, I've watched the numbers, right? so it used to be you know like 100 then it, you know started with 200 now it's about almost 400 so let's keep on growing and the only way you do that is to be consistent with the information that you're sharing just don't stop you know you just don't worry about what the other people think just put it as long as it's constructive it's right it doesn't do anything any harm or anything like that you're okay you're all yep. right and that's the thing so i always say you know, share content, create content, share content, and then just inspire people to do it. And that's, that's the one thing that I've always done. And you're a great coach because a couple of times I had some questions and I'm saying about the
0: listeners and you always give me, Jim, they'll come, they'll do this. So not only are you a great mentor, you're a great coach. And I, and I appreciate every, that. I appreciate everything you've done for me, Brian.
1: Well, you're, you're a great uh, listener and you're a great student because uh, you, out of, out of most people, they, they, you're the one that turned it around real fast you know that's that's what i'm most impressed with and, and if you listen to my podcast i'm always praising jim <laughs> i'm always praising jim jim did a great job oh my gosh his sound quality is great his editing is great uh the flow is nice it's just oh it, it's it's so great it was it's wonderful Well, wait till this pod, wait till this podcast comes out because
0: I'm sure your listeners are going to get a different side of you when they hear this story. I know
1: it's so different (laughs) from just hearing, oh, talk about clinical documentation, improvement, utilization, management. Oh no, I, I, that's the thing that I I want to do maybe later on is just, just break out of the industry and then just be myself uh, and then start something separate. But that's, that's long time down the line. I just want to take this niche and then maybe get myself at a certain point and then kind of break out from there.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us today. All right. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Brian Cui. As I say at the end of every podcast, I learn something from every guest. Brian believes effective communications is very important in leadership, which he has demonstrated throughout the podcast. And you have to agree, good communications can solve a lot of issues. I also like his passion of trying new things, such as moving up into making YouTube videos. Like he says, what's the worst that can happen? You know, people learn a lot from the experiences of others. So if you have something you would like to share, please contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters... You are just a number.com. All one word. Until next time, have a great day.